This is the facts. In the Porcupine Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
with the facts of the Porcupine Podcast. This is the Facts in the Porcupine Podcast. All right, that best action network. Harlem. That word you heard was from the pastor from Brooklyn. And this is the Facts in the Porcupine Podcast. We rejoice. This is the Facts. The Porcupine Podcast.
If we have made a milestone in the podcast, 3,000 downloads, we're no more of a newbie. We're a novice. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to each and every one. We pray for humanity. Here we go. Here we go. This is a treat. Ladies and
considered on the fringe. But the fringe became mainstream in New York Thursday. Yeah. Where the governor of New York signed the bill to have a commission on reparations. I met with her three days before and I told her that uh, I don't, I'm trying to stay out of a lot of local stuff, Birmingham and that. But I, I was going to come but not for me. But I was coming for Queen Mother Moore. Yeah. I was coming for Bishop Herbert Daunty. Yeah. I was coming for Dr. Ron James. Yeah. Those were the folks that made me know that even though I came out of a Baptist tradition where we didn't talk about that, that it was old to us. So I want you to know that if you keep fighting, even if what you're standing for is not popular, even if it's not considered mainstream in your own community, if you stand up anyhow, your change will come. celebrations in Brooklyn on Kwanzaa. And I I remember one of the first articles uh, it did on me in the New York Times. I was 16. I did a Kwanzaa celebration. Charlene Hunter Gaunt wrote the article. I've been in a couple times before getting arrested in breadbasket with Bill Jones at Dodger, but that's the first time I had a dignified New York Times. And many people in the church world said, you can't Talk about that. I'm reading in the papers, Kwanzaa. It's going to conflict with Christmas. I said, no, it's the extension of Christmas. It is bringing our experience in line with what Christ said in Bethlehem. Now, Kwanzaa. 
The, the founder of Kwanzaa, Dr. Milana Karanga, did the 50th anniversary right here on this platform. John Jones had the gun. And he sat right where I'm standing. 50 years later, now they got Kwanzaa sales and Kwanzaa holiday. President sends out a Kwanzaa message. There's something about those that don't give up because the race isn't given to the sweat, nor to the strong, but to those that can endure. If you don't be slick, but be committed, you're changeable. Saturday morning, our Saturday action rallies for you that are here at the House of Justice. I'm sorry. I was up front. I should have stayed here. In the village of Harlem. And for you that are listening on 1190 WLIB AM in New York or watching us on various media platforms, we're happy to be with you another Saturday morning to give our report on where the action is. Give a hand to our presider, Katrina Jefferson. And give a hand to our inspirational speaker, the Reverend Gabby Cutler. This is going to be a long one and a good one. This is the Facts in the Porcupine Podcast. You need messages like that. A lot of y'all like to jumping and shouting messages. But it's like having dessert without a meal. She gave you both. And uh, I appreciate somebody that... Uh, Unfortunately, no, I can't see you. Know, I'm, I'm so... I, I just got a difference between Touch four people and tell them you love them. How would you know these people are alive? So give them a hand. 
when they come here, just make drinks with them. Okay. So what? That's my guy. Brother, we got that. 
jacket on, and you can take that to back security. <laughs> Michael Gardner, give Michael. Good morning, Dan. I can't but go ahead. On behalf of the founding chapter of 100 Black Men, we want to wish you and your respective families a very Merry Christmas holiday season and a healthy and prosperous new year. And as the Reverend indicated, we started this about 10 years ago. We come by in order to support one of the greatest civil rights leaders in the history of this country. After the, the book is read and the story is told, the Reverend Dr. Al Sharpton will go down as one of the greatest leaders that this world has ever seen. And the reason why this ministry is effective, because it's not confined in these four walls, it's in the street, the same way that Jesus, his, his ministry was in the street, helping people. And so let me say that he has been one of the, one of my biggest supporters who have aided in my growth and development. Roy Williams is a hundred black men also as well. And in conjunction with with EEMP law firm, we want to give the Reverend a check for $5,000 to support what But also, my former pastor, the former chair of this great NAN National Action Network, the Reverend Dr. Y.T. Walker, yeah. would always talk to us about Malachi 310. Bring all ye tithes to the storehouse, and I'll pour you out a blessing that you can't handle. But he also talks about sacrificial offerings, over and above your regular tithes and offerings. So on this Saturday morning, I'm going to match this $5,000 check with another $5,000. So on behalf of the 100 black men, EEMP Law Firm, and Mike Garner, Merry Christmas. Yes. This is the Facts in the Porcupine Podcast. That was the diversity office of the, young, of the city of New York. Michael Gardner um, came in with a check for not one, but two. I don't know what's wrong with a bird cutting in your tongue. This is one of the most important podcasts. We're at the National Action Network House of Justice. The speaker is Al Sharpton. He is fighting at a time that they have declared war on diversity. And he is fighting in the city to keep black economic development, business people, contracts, and he's doing it with the blessings of the mayor. And he's doing it in an in a, in a effective and tangible way. And uh, I want y'all to recognize that. He's also related to Eric Garner. Him and Gwen Carr are related to be a uh, on uh, Monday. Let's welcome our Impact Television family watching us all over the country. Let me also say this. One of the things that I think, what I believe in uh, traditions. You know, I know a lot of y'all believe 
that you should not have traditions. But uh, one of the reasons that I believe in traditions is that things come and go. But some things that last are the things that are important. And uh, that's why it was important to me. When I got here this morning, uh, Bishop Herbert Daughtry uh, is here. And he brought me two books he's written. And uh, Bishop Daughtry was the Vice Chair of Operation Breadbasket, New York chapter under Reverend William Jones. When I started, I became a youth director when I was 13. Jesse Jackson became a mentor to me uh, since then. And uh, as I thought about uh, the reparations signing on Thursday, I thought about, as I said, I've been doing uh, reparations since Queen Mother Moore Day. But one of them that really made it effective and accepted in black circles was Dr. Ron Daniels. And he's an audience. They want to come up and have a seat up here. Ron Daniels, come on, get my hand. And give a hand, Lloyd Williams, you come on, sir. Chairman of the Harlem Chamber of Congress. Both of them have been bedrock. I, I, I really do not appreciate those that don't celebrate those that laid the path they walking on. It don't take nothing from you. It adds to you because it gives you a foundation of where you come from. And I think Lomax wants to jump us out. He's late for give him a seat. Yo, what's up, Joe? <laughs> The fact that you're connected to something strengthens you. And if you come and nobody knows when you're connected, you can't be trusted. You know, I love all of our members that come. Because I, I appreciate y'all getting a really Saturday morning that y'all supposed to be doing laundry or something. And come over and holler and be with us. When you could sit home and watch it on Cable or, or listen on the left, I appreciate it. But I also appreciate those that have been with us a long time. Like when I look out Tyrone and, and uh, Kazimbe, and y'all stand up, they've been with me since the same day. You right now, Fourth Street now, you don't even know the slaves still in the day. That's right. Yeah, they you know what? They I went off down. the other day. Things change. That's right. But traditions don't change. That's right. And that's why I respect and appreciate Bishop Daughtry and these books he brought up. Bishop Herbert Daughtry. And uh, yeah, I was talking to Reverend Jackson last night. Jesse Jackson, I talked about uh, two he? or three times a week now. How is he? And uh, he's doing, uh, he's dealing with his illness. Uh, and, you know, sometimes uh, in the evening hours, it's hard to understand him. And uh, his son, Jesse Jr., and I talk all the time, Jesse Jr. said, you always talk to Dad, you seem to understand what he's saying. I said, well, if you ran around for 30 years with James Brown, you understand what he's saying. 
But nobody knows what James Brown was still chasing. <laughs> and then I got a little bit I understood. It took me four or five years, but I got. It's the spirit. Like but I was talking to him about. He was. He always watches and critiques uh, my television show. And uh, in fact, Dr. Daniels, I'm having Governor Hochul on Politics Nation tonight, five o'clock uh, Eastern time. I want to talk to the nation as a white lady from Western New York, which made her sign that, and the challenge other governors to sign it. I'm going to have her and Senator Casey on five o'clock, then tomorrow five o'clock at the Revy Awards. Oh, yeah. Ashley's favorite award show. But uh, one of the things Reverend Jackson and I are talking about is in these times, if you don't have a standing understanding of history, you get lost. In the middle of this, what is going on in Israel mm-hmm. and this despicable acts of inhumanity that's going on in Gaza. What is going on now? Starving people, keeping them away from medical supply is in you. And I stood up on October 7th and said what was wrong and what was done in Israel and civilians, it is even wrong as wrong. What they're doing now in the Gaza to Palestinians. You can have a humane, balanced point of view. I'm not pro either side. I'm pro what's right. And both of them should have their state, but you can't get a state by doing what is being done today. You can be supportive. Let me tell you something. I was telling a Jewish guy the other day, said to me that I kind of like where you are. I said, let me tell you something. Dealing with the rights of Jews. And dealing with what Netanyahu's doing is two different things. That's right. That's right. Say that again. Making me anti-Netanyahu don't mean I'm anti-Semitic. Because I think what Netanyahu's doing is not good for y'all. Just like y'all run around with MAGA hats trying to praise a president that's facing more cases in court than anybody that Herb Dorsey and I ever had to fight for at one time. We don't know no hoodlums in Brooklyn that four cases at one time. We don't try to act like that's normal. One of the things, though, that I mostly want to pinpoint, I want y'all to get ready for this. There is a businessman in New York, multi-billionaire, Bill Ackman, who has made it his mission to bring down DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. He attacked the president of Harvard, a black woman, saying she was a DEI designee. Cues of all kinds of stuff. My God. And I said, uh, Ron Daniels, the Reverend, I said, I was raised by Bill Jones and Daughtry and Jesse. He should not be able to do that in peace. So I've had Reverend Bird to organize some of y'all. He is headquartered in New York. Where? And we're going to visit him. Yes. Yes. Let us know. After 
the new year, the first Thursday in the new year. I want y'all to sign up for every word today. You cannot end DEI, which was the only passage many of us had to have the opportunity to get certain jobs and certain contracts and certain ways in the corporate world that depends on our revenue to survive. So just like when I was 13 marching on AMP, we gonna march on these folk. If they think that they can fight DEI and we won't fight back, stay tuned till we get ready for this attack. The three women testified. Whether their testimonies were strong or not, why are y'all only singling out the black woman? That's right. Come on. That's right. Make it plain. So many times, as we build out, you know, our Atlanta chapter yesterday had giveaways in, in the Atlanta offices. I was talking about this on my radio show. They, some of them will come up and we go ahead. But what, what I don't understand, and I have regional calls every uh, Thursday with all of our region. We got enough chapters now that we just talk about region. And one of them was Ron Daniels always said to me, now Reverend, I understand you got whatever uh, uh, abilities, but you need to build a real organization. And I just get mad at Ron. Why are you know, I'm doing this, that, and the other? And but he's right, which is why we focus in the last five years to really build an infrastructure. So this thing can run without me. And in many cities, they run over me, some of our chapters. <laughs> but that's when you have a good organization. But one of the things I've said to them is in the silence of black, the black community, they have become emboldened and think they can do whatever and we ain't going to do This is the facts about. in the Porcupine Park. There was a time that everybody had something to say. They've now silenced us. They've silenced black radio. Yes. And they've taken much of them off the air. That's right. They've silenced the black church. That's right. And they have tricked a lot of young black preachers in the field that that was yesterday and had nothing to do with today. We're a new era. We're a new generation. No, you should be a new continuation. John Lewis, Jesse Jackson, Julian Bond, all of them were a half a generation or so behind Dr. King. But they continued the movement. They upgraded it. Jesse and John Lewis and them had to deal with the Black Power era, but they were able to do that in the spirit and ideology of Dr. King with a new style. Those of us that are I'm 13 years younger than Jesse and then continuing a new style. I come out of Brooklyn. Jesse come out of Greenville, so my whole world was different than his. So yeah, I'm gonna be a little more abrasive. You had to be abrasive growing up in Brownsville. <laughs> but it's the same message, same continuity. And that is why even as you celebrate these holidays, I remember when we were in school, the debate was that or you were Martin or you were Malcolm. 
That was a debate in Berkeley. And I was considered until high school because I was in Brandon. I was with Martin. All my friends was with Malcolm. Then you had at that time the, the rise of the new, of the Black Panther Party. And I, one of the guys, my best friend, Panther. So they felt what we were doing was too much. You couldn't get a date with a girl unless you knew which group you was in. John Marson, who later became Adi Yemen, was the president of the Black Student Union at Tilden. He was a main guy with the Reverend Dodge. Married uh, the, the uh, sister that got the TV show, Yana Vincent. Used to live right around the corner from us on St. Mark's. I'm talking about what I know. Mm. See, I know a lot of these folks before they got well known, and some of y'all knew me before I got well known. <laughs> and didn't want to know me then. <laughs> <laughs> I go to churches now, uh, Reverend Williams said, Oh, I knew Al Wynn. Yeah, you never let me preach. <laughs> How we proud of you? You wasn't proud of me in 1992. <laughs> but it's a reality of growth. And this movement is a continuation, not a new manifestation. God was not waiting on you to be born to do nothing. You get this ego like the world was waiting on you. No, you ought to be lined up to continue in your day and your style of struggle that has continued way before you. So as I was talking to Reverend Jackson, we were talking about how in the 70s, Reverend Joe Lowry, then Jackie Jackson, went and to Palestine and met with Arafat. Came back, Reverend B.W. Smith was part of that entourage. Who passed the St. John Baptist Church in Buffalo. Came back, executive director, after Wyatt T. Walker, who was the first chairman of the board of this organization. And Andy, as the representative of President Cobb, he, President Jimmy Cobb, appointed Andy Young the UN ambassador. Andy met with a diplomat from Palestine named Terzi. I ain't read this stuff. I lived And he met with Terzi because he met with the PLO. He had to resign as UN ambassador. Reverend Jackson came to town. We went over there marching and on the UN. That's 1979. We just got in this. In 2000 when I went over, I met with Arafat. I met with uh, Sharon Perez. We've been in this a long time. So folk running around now with a microwave interpretation need to talk to the herd daughters and them. You need to know the roots of what this struggle is about and you need to know where black folks stood even at the cost of us. So when I saw the U.N. ambassador yesterday reading and saying we want to support the uh, Palestinian aid to get into Gaza. And I thought about how she's sitting in her seat. Andy Young sat in 35 years ago. But y'all act like that's new. 
And we have something to say. Why? Because we're global people. People's calling me, well, you know, the mayor, and, and uh, you watching us in Chicago. Mayor in Chicago is in trouble. Mayor New York is in trouble. Every black mayor we ever had got trouble. <laughs> Ain't nothing new. If you run for high office and you black and get there, you get ready for trouble. Otherwise, don't take the seat. Higher the seat, the higher it gets. Nobody invited us to power. Let me let me be real clear about this. Some of you don't understand that this is not something that people change their minds about us. It's about when we change our minds about ourselves. That's why. I tell you to talk to the elders that have led the fight. Because some of y'all act like reparations as you hitting the lotto. Yeah. When am I going to get my check? This is not yeah, about that. that. Reparations is not lotto. Reparations is how we pay for where we were put and denied and how we even that score out methodically and systemically. That's why you need a commission to study. And we need on that commission, I told the governor, not some Negroes that are just vowing to be the next press conference, but the folks that really understand the systemic and institutional racism that brought us here. The largest docks of slave trade in the history of this country was Charleston, South Carolina and Wall Street. That's right. Say that again. Everybody keep acting like racism was down south. New York, Wall Street. That's right. Was the captain of slave trade. Right down there where the African burial ground is. Why was the African burial ground there? The very folk of many of us landed there. Yeah. Talking about that last week. Mm -hmm. We never got for a decade much out of that area because we were waiting to be sold. And that's where the low east side is where the black community stopped. It wasn't until later that they came up north, side of Central Park, at a little community center, and then Adam Clay Powell Senior brought us to Harvard. We were isolated. And we were segregated. Now, out of that came where we are today. Why do we need reparations? Because today, in New York State, blacks make $74 every $100 whites make. Today, we don't have the same home ownership. Today, we don't have the same wealth. Today, we are still medically disrepaired. And you need to understand that is not genetic. That is based on a social history that was imposed upon us. And it was society and those in government that put those rigid barriers in place. And now you have to repair the damage that you did.
restoration is repair. But you can't repair until you acknowledge the damage that was done. I was the first one in my family to go to a college. My mother wasn't stupid. She just couldn't go because they didn't allow her to go. I would come home and do algebra that she didn't understand because she wasn't allowed to go to math class in Alabama. But she knew enough to make me do my algebra. Don't ever forget, we, we celebrate Rosa Parks sat in front of Butler. They arrested her for breaking the law. Rosa Parks didn't break customs. She broke the law. It was the law that we couldn't sit where whites sit. That's why right now, Ron Daniels, everywhere I go, I fly first class. I don't care how many of you I got on the plane a few years ago in one of these kind of MAGA Republican types. <laughs> Going down the aisle, headed the coach, look, yeah, yeah, Reverend Al in first class. I said, that's right. In honor of, of Rosa Parks, I don't ride the back of nothing. <laughs> we must repair right here in New York. Bob Moses designed how they were going to do certain of the infrastructure building in New York around isolating blacks and putting us in segregated communities and not letting us out of that so they can build highways around us. I'm talking about New York. Robert Moses, the power broker, laid that out in New York. And it was in that kind of spirit that you had those in white ethnic communities felt and enforced that blacks couldn't go there. That's why Michael Griffith got killed in Howard Beach when the car broke down and Reverend Daughter and some of us had to fight because it was understood you weren't supposed to be in Howard Beach. Three years later, Yusef Hawkins killed in Bensonhurst. It was understood we weren't supposed to be there. You want to know why reparations in New York? Talk about Howard Beach. Talk about Bensonhurst. I'm not talking about where they got mad. They killed folks for going in the neighborhood. And it was enforced by the infrastructure. And those that were in real estate would not rent to us in certain communities. And one of them titans was named Fred Trump, whose son was named Donald Trump. The federal government took Fred Trump and Donald Trump to court for racial discrimination in housing. Same Donald Trump, who never opened his mouth about Howard Beach or Benson Hurts took out ads to call for the execution of this young man, Carrie White, standing in the Central Park Five and the other four. The only race case 
Donald Trump ever spoke to was on Central Park Five. We knew who he was before he left New York. He didn't turn back up when he got in the White House. He was back to here. Ghana can tell you there's not a black businessman that's downtown in court having to answer questions to Donald Trump because he didn't do business with us. I don't know no blacks that got attracted. When we were going to meet with Trump, I didn't see no blacks in the Trump Tower. That's why you got all these misguided Folks running around talking about, I'm with Trump. Young blacks with Trump. Question is whether Trump been with you. Well, I don't know nothing that Biden, I don't see, I don't feel no difference since Biden. But well, first of all, we can run about that another time, but from the inflation reduction bill, the infrastructure bill, Money Black House, we can run all that Biden did. But let me ask you something. I said to one of these young rappers the other day, I said, you didn't feel no difference under Biden. No. How do you feel under Trump? What do you mean? I said, you talking about your feelings? You felt better when unemployment was double than what it is now for blacks? You felt better when Dr. Fauci told Trump as president that this COVID was real and could go into a pandemic and he denied it and delayed it and said it would be over in a few days. Then when it hit people pitch, he told you to take bleach. You felt better about that? You felt better when he went to Puerto Rico and threw towels out at the folks, just threw the stuff at them. That makes you feel good. Call African nations asshole country. Tell me what he did for us. Talk about swagger. The insult he gives. Talk about he'll get black votes off his mugshots, which is saying we all a bunch of criminals and we identify with mugshots. Said this week we got to stop people coming in the country from Africa and Asia and South America. They are poisoning the blood of America. That's what he said. Which is nothing but right out of Hitler. Was right out of this whole race. This election next year is not about Biden and Trump. It's about who we are. And what we gonna tolerate? That's why we going to act and everybody else. You can turn back the clock, but we're not gonna let you turn back time. We are not going back there, and we will not tolerate it. Didn't talk about. Can y'all get the vote out? First of all, how did we get the right to vote? They're changing laws in certain states on voting. Taking out section of the Voting Rights Act, Supreme Court. 
They act like we got the right to vote because somebody got up one morning and said, let's let Negro vote. We fought to get the right to vote. Fannie Lou Haney, John Lewis, Jose Williams beat on the Independence Bridge. Goodman, Cheney, Swerner, two Jews and the blacks killed for being down Mississippi. Deal with the right to vote. Our blood is soaked in blood. I'm not fighting for the right to vote for Biden. I'm fighting for Fannie Lou. Because she fought for me. And she fought for you. And it was because we got that vote, you got that job you got. That you became a civil servant. They didn't invite you to work in the city of New York. We fought for that. Fifteen years before the Montgomery bus boycott, Adam Craig Powell had a Harlem bus boycott. That's how you got that transit job. That's how you got that job. You are here on the sacrifice of others. And if you don't have enough sense to continue to fight, at least appreciate those that fought for you. <laughs> got the nerve to be dividing the community based on generations. I told a lot of those actors. We deal with George Floyd. Don't let these folks sponsor you into being divided. We the new thing. What new thing about what? We need new leadership. Leadership is not based on somebody deciding they're going to be new. Leaders that last comes out of the struggle. And they emerge. Can't nobody hold you out of your place. And you can't appoint yourself to a place. Hello. Well, Rev, you started, y'all. Yes, in the movement, under Jones, under Broch, under Jesse. And they gave me hell every step away. One day they said, I was 50 years old and Jesse still was cussing me out. <laughs> Maybe cause y'all now, I just don't understand that. <laughs> but it was that that shaped and molded me. Yeah. If you don't have no trainer, you better not get in the ring. I know that's right. But the other side has Sorry. been trained to fight us. And you got to fight them trained. They started as the moral majority. Went into there to the tea party. MAGA comes from a continuity of those white conservatives that want to back us up. That didn't stop now. Trump is a result of decades and centuries of them doing that. And you want to jump out and start trying to freelance on our history. Black church. Our denomination built churches. He passes one of his star churches. Monday of Design, right here in Harlem, 137th Street. Paul Robeson was a member of that church. Frederick Douglass preached that church. That ain't good enough for you. You want something new. You want something that's going to make you jump and shout about nothing. 
Our churches were there. Because after we had to struggle and make ends meet and try to make a way out of nowhere in segregation, we could go to church on Sunday morning. And that's why we would shout, because God brought us through. You shouting ain't been through nothing. And don't appreciate those that went through something to sponsor you. That's why the first time you get a little trouble, you fall apart. Oh, Reverend, I just can't handle it. They didn't give me the promotion in the job. And my therapist can't tell me what to do. <laughs> you give your therapist $300 an hour. You come here on Saturday and give me $2. They won't even get you a promotion on your job. Call your therapist and tell them to go talk to your CEO. <laughs> but one thing I learned, and I'm going to let you go. I remember uh, I was teasing Rev. Jackson last night, Rev. Dodger, is that one Christmas, and many Christmases, at Thanksgiving, we would go as a family, stay with them in their house in Chicago. First toy cars that Dominique and Ashley ever got, Reverend Jackson and Miss Jackson gave it to them. And I told them they set me up, because now you get to where they want real cars. <laughs> Y'all put that car thing in their mind. You should have been teaching about a job. But I was telling them last night, and he was telling me, Al, he said, what you need to learn as you take in a front position is about 20 years ago. He said, Christmas time, there's a leadership lesson. I said, what's that? He said, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I thought I would be serious. He said, no, there's a leadership lesson in there. He said, they had all the reindeer. Prince, all of them had different positions. But Santa told Rudolph to take the front. Yes. He said, and Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, led him down through the storm. He took the wind. He took the snow. He took the stuff in his face. And they said, don't worry about that, Rudolph. You'll go down in history. You cannot make history. If you ain't ready to take the storm, you can't make history if you can't take the wind. You can't make history if those behind you all the ways they group for you. Some folks mad that you out front, but you got to carry the crew in the house. You can't make history if you don't face your opponents and know that if God be for you, it's more than the whole world against you. You may never get the credit in today's world, but history will say that you made a difference. Monday, they'll celebrate Christmas. Tuesday, we start seven days of quarantine. 
Seventh president was a Kwanzaa, Kujijakali, a self-determination, Jama, collective work and responsibility, Jama, cooperative economics, me of purpose, global creativity, and minded faith. Seventh principles, Dr. Karanga Stott. How do you celebrate Christmas and Kwanzaa, Reverend Well, they many ways are spiritually wedded to the same principle. There is no conflict. One of the reasons that it was genius that Karanga and them started Kwanzaa the day after Christmas is they were not trying to compete with Christmas. They respected Christmas. And we ought to respect Kwanzaa. That's why we do both here at the House of Justice. We're doing that for 32 years. And Don Jones, who's the head of our political action committee, has been dealing with that with Malcolm's daughter, 32 years. Now, when we look at Jesus, whose birth we supposedly celebrate Monday, they got the wrong date. Facts in the point they in podcast. fourth quarter so they can make fourth quarter earnings. Yeah. yeah. It got you that don't even That's believe in Jesus, is. run around. Buying yourself a gift or giving up gifts. Jesus is the only one got a birthday that everybody gets something but him. You imagine it's your birthday. We go have a birthday party and I show up asking, now where's my gift at your birthday? But those of us that believe in Jesus, I ain't talking about just hollering Jesus. They really believe it. And believe that God sent him. Look at the birth of Jesus. He chose a main woman that nobody ever heard of. He didn't choose no big shot. He didn't choose someone economically stable and able. God didn't choose a matriarch in politics. He chose an humble woman that nobody ever heard of. And he chose her and didn't even make accommodations for her. What no room in the end to have a baby. Born in Bethlehem, that was of no notoriety. Husband was a carpenter. She wasn't the mother of the church, wasn't the head of the missionary society. No rank. If God sent his son that way, then maybe he was giving you a message that I deal from the bottom up, not the top down. And I sent my son to the bottom to lift everybody up rather than condemn everybody down. Well, Jesus, what's your background? I'm a carpenter. How are you talking to scholars? How are you talking to those that are learned? How are you? They would challenge him in the synagogue. That you don't know what you're talking about. You ain't been to no seminary. You've not studied at the rabbinical order. You have not been in many ways certified by us. But when God moves, 
He does not have to get your certification. When God moves, you don't have to have a medical degree to heal the sick. When God moves, you don't have to study marriage counseling to bind broken hearts. When God moves, you don't need to be sanctioned by the state when you've been appointed and anointed by God. When God moves, he can take the brown of a hotel that wouldn't give you a room and sanctify what he's doing. You would think that they would have had a palatial hospital wing for Jesus. But he was born as an afterthought by the innkeeper. Said, well, hang your baby up there in the bunk. With the goats and the cows. I said another week, Ron Daniels, that Jesus' first inhale as a baby was animal manure. Let him know where he was. Because he came for the regions. You accepted highfalutin, well-established folk. Shouldn't celebrate Christmas. He didn't come for you. He came for the regions. He came for those of us that had no other way out. He came for those of us that had been marginalized, enslaved, exploited. That's who he came for. He didn't show up in Rome. He showed up in Bethlehem. And he fought Roman occupation. How do you know that, shot? Because they say that when they were slaying the children in Bethlehem, the angel had Joseph go to Egypt. Because Herod was the governor overseeing the colonization of the Romans. You be talking about Herod and all that and never put it together. It was Roman occupation. They were dealing with Palestinian occupation then. 2,000 years ago. But you run around with no history, no sense. Singing, I want to be like Jesus. No, you don't. Because that means you'll suffer for righteousness. That means you'll stand up even if it's not popular. They crucified him because he wouldn't bow to the state and shut up when he kept gathering those multitudes. That's why they indicted him. Drawing crowds, talking stuff that we didn't sanction. And they forced his crucifixion. But it doesn't matter what they do. If God be for you, every crucifixion followed by a resurrection. And the same thing happened. The combination of Jesus coming, giving sight to the blind, healing the cripple, healing the woman with the issue of blood, is the same thing the principles of Kwanzaa was erected for, to heal broken people. Take people who had been told they were nothing and nobody. Take people whose names were taken from them. Take people who worked centuries and never got wages. Take people whose women were told they were sex objects. Take men who've been made boys and give them some principles to live by. But Jesus did quantum does. Maybe you didn't need self-determination. But we need you, Coochie Jockey Lee. Yeah. 
Maybe you didn't need to know work and responsibility. But we needed you, Jamal. Maybe you didn't need the work and, and the collective economics. But we didn't have businesses in our community. We needed you, Jama. Maybe you didn't need preface. But when you went to public schools and told you you couldn't read and write, we needed Nia. Maybe you didn't need to know what you could do where in states where jails created power. But we needed to have a Kuwumba. And in the end, we needed faith. Where Jesus needs Kwanzaa is faith. Faith to know that if God is with you, he'll give you the strength you need. Faith to know that he'll make your enemies your footstool. Faith to know he'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. We come this far by faith. could end with this. I tell people all the time that the thing I strive for, Bishop Dodge, is I want Mary kind of faith. I don't know nobody in recorded history that had faith like Mary. What do you mean by that, Shopton? I said, if you read the seven last words, when we get to Good Friday and they do the seven last words, the word that always stumped me was when they got to that word where Jesus looked down at his mother and said, Mother, behold thy son. And the scripture, Reverend Bird, said, and they took his mother and she left. Is that not the word? And I, I did not understand. It would bother me. I used to ask Bishop Washington, Lady Bill Jones, why would Mary leave? So one day I got enough courage and I sat down and I wrote a cosmic email to Mary. I just wanted to get it off my chest. So dear Mary, this is Mal, this is what I do down here on earth. And I've been preaching since I was four years old. And they keep telling me how you left at Calvary. I said, I, I just don't understand. How could you leave your son was charged with no crime, tried with no lawyer. Why wouldn't you kicking and screaming? Maybe the activists in me, but why wouldn't you protest? How could you just leave? And I sent it off, and I felt much better once I sent off my cosmic email. But to my surprise, Ron Daniels, a few days later, I got a cosmic email back from and Mary said, Remal, I usually through the centuries don't answer these inquiries. But I figure I would answer you. Yes, it's true. I was there at Calvary that day when they crucified my son. Some of his disciples was ducking and hiding and said they didn't know him. The Pharisees were celebrating the crucifixion. The Roman soldiers had the nails out and the hammer. It was only a few of me when my girlfriends were standing there praying. She says, and after they nailed him, and after the one on his right asked him for mercy, I got ready to go. The reason I left is because I was the only one in Calvary that morning that had been in Bethlehem 33 years before. Everybody else at Calvary was seeing who he was, was guessing who he was, was hoping who he was, 
resurrection to get my outfit ready for the resurrection. I know who he is. I want Mary kind of faith. That he give me faith in the Trump era. I know who he will. I know who he is. God will make a way out of nowhere. God will be on the side of the oppressed. God will make a way for his children. I know who he is. I know who he is. Mary was pregnant. Mary didn't know. But now the whole world knows. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy would make your life brand new? And that child you did deliver. Will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his Reverend Al Sharpton, Reverend Daltrey, 
hears on the radio, you watch us on television, but never became a member of the organization. There's no better time than right here today, Christmas, Kwanzaa weekend, to come and sign well up well and done. become a member of this organization. Won't you come down right now and shake my hand and join? I'll make you a member right now. You just come down either side and become a member of National Action Network. Come on. Everybody say you that have not signed up to serve, to be served Monday, both with the food and the toys, and then you that have signed up, that are going to be going with us to see color purple. I'm giving you a whole day of Christmas. Don't sign up now just because you want to see color purple. Don't be coming in no purple outfit you can't serve me. Because I can't dress up my purple. You go in the bathroom, put your purple in. Come in here ready to serve. All right. I need to raise our offering. Acquiring the gift to the movement. I need about 10 people, 10 people that can give a hundred dollars or more to come quickly. Guardian, one hundred dollars. Anonymous, two hundred dollars. Minister Winston Gilchrist, one hundred dollars. Lloyd Williams, Harlem Chamber of Commerce, one hundred dollars. Mike Garner, he came in with two checks for five grand and he's given a hundred dollars more. Don't be shamed. Anthony Wentbush, another veteran of the slave business, $100. Been with us for 35 years. Anthony Wentbush, I don't remember what he was. Sister Lavinia, $100. All right, I think I've got more than my 10. Let me get some 50s. 50, 50, 50. Come on, 50. 
uh, Professor Ron Daniel, fifty dollars. Brother David, what you got on this one? All right, he got on his Lowry original American original blue white slack. Fifty dollars from Brother David. Don Jones, fifty dollars. Minister Carolyn, fifty dollars. All right, Ashley. We're at a wonderful event in Harlem, and this is my first time. I came here to offer services. And the gentleman that brought me, Wayne, I didn't know I was going to be in this beautiful organization of the National Action Network House of Justice. Al Sharpton, and um, he looks great. Organization. We have a lot of our elders that fought for decades, decades to make it right. We just need to stay focused. I called, called last night. But for some odd reason, I have to find a men's room. Let me talk to Marcus Al before he leaves. And see where that's at. Dominique said, Bob Al on the phone. He says, I'm on vacation. <laughs> Reverend Al is really trying bye, to do bye, bye, bye. You need to come here one day to see the struggle, the photographs. And all. all right. I think 20s, I'm here to 20s, take 20s, 20s. 20s, come on. I guess we're at a church service right now, so I'll be hearing from them. Um, yeah, see the folks, everybody aged. Whatever you have, one time. I guess you guys have to really, um, I think I'm a little privileged to be here because there's a lot of things I didn't know about the organization. I do know they need a lot of help with repair work, and that's what I came here to do.
Oh, he always knew his name, COVID testing. I'm going to realize I just want to hug you. Send me a selfie of you. I'll hug you back. All right. Come on. You'll be okay. I've been watching you for years. Hello, Miss. How are you? You know how I am. No, you gotta be pretentious. It's like a regular person. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you drop now. Get dirty. Go shake me. Okay. Watch this step. I got you. I'm 
Well, this is the Facts in the Porcupine podcast. And what I just took place, I was a member a long time ago. I rejoined, and um, I'm here to uh, see what we can do to help them out. All right, so I'm ready. What's up? Y'all ready to work? We working? No, no, no. no. What's up? We got Musa. We're just going to talk to um, Malcolm Bird. Okay. He's the, he's the guy that's in charge of okay. how we're going to move. Okay. So I'm going to try and see if we can get a private moment with him. Okay. And just talk to him a little bit. Find out what he needs. Well, we're just going to talk. Okay. No, I was in that a long time ago. Oh, okay. I got my own church in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. I'm in church right now. Oh, see my area. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, okay. she's in there. I got it. She's in there. Wait, I want to just sit one thing over there. I've been well, this is the house of the Lord, Reverend Al Sharpton. He talked about the reparations. He talked about all of the things that we need to take care of. And, excuse me, I'm sorry. And, um, and this is why I'm here today. I just came to do some work. And there's a plethora of things that is uh, the information, the organization is incredible. Hi, I was told that if I wanted to purchase something, that the person would be sitting here? Yeah, I'm that person, but right now, it was a struggle with my lift and stuff today. And it I was a struggle with your what again? I said today. Oh, setting up and everything? Um, um, my lift, transportation, so I wasn't able to... So well, we need somebody to help you carry all that stuff. <laughs> so I put no. it on a wagon and stuff like that. Yes, dear. No, I, I use a manage. Well, this is the Facts in the Porcupine podcast, and I'm just talking to people here. We have a meeting that's going to take place with a gentleman. I'll be back. I got to go. Uh, let me see what's going on. This is the Facts in the Porcupine podcast. Well, we could, you know what? I don't know. Um, I'm looking for the people that I came with. We're supposed to be meeting with a gentleman named Mr. Bird. I'm looking for them, but I'm going to figure out something here. Um, so we're going to see how it's going to work out. Well, we're getting ready to talk business and try to figure out how we can assist them here and what my role would be. But I'm at the National Action Network, and I am so honored to be here to meet Sharp and his organization. The fight is still continuing, and, and it's never going to end. And they, um, they're doing real good. Whenever you get a second, I'll wait for you. I'm uh, Mr. Okay. Sweeney. I'm in, um, I ran for public office, so I'm oh, running again. Okay. City Council. Okay, yes. Next slide, 36. Oh, my goodness. So do your thing. I'll, okay. I'll speak to you. Take your time.
So we're here waiting. This is a nice organization. I've seen a lot of faces um, that I knew in the past and present. Two guys, you know. I just came to help. I got, I didn't know I had to stay here. I've been up since 7 o'clock in the morning and didn't know it was going to be all of this. But I'm here and I'm grateful and I hope everybody that's paying attention and listening. I've been really well, man. You've been taking, I took some photographs of you because nobody takes photographs of you. You've been at it for a long time. 1968. I think you took over 4 million pictures. They, they moving this chair? Yes, we're just moving it. So, give me, I'm doing a podcast, and you are a photographer. A full journalist. Let you go into there. I think that's how we started talking when we first met. You look good, man. I'm so happy to see you. It's been a while. That's true. It's the time we were up in Albany. Albany, yeah, you have. We were up in Albany. Yeah, you remember? Yeah, I remember. We made it. It was so cold one day, man. <laughs> but you've been taking photographs. You are the key to the... You got the history. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience that we have here? Sure. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. We've been going for uh, more than... We got a little bit of time left before we run it again. Matter of fact, I'm going to end it right now because he's a special guy. This is the Facts and Porcupine Podcast. I'm coming right back. Well, matter of fact, go ahead and do it. We got, I think we won't run low. Go ahead. Get it in there for you. Hi. My name is Setu Arunde. I'm a photojournalist, electrical engineer. My media outlet is Old Media TV. I support over 68 publications. I'm the only person that supports the African-American, Latino, Asian, Caucasian markets in business, technology, health, and travel. I do the best I can to take folks and get millions of people to know who they are versus all the media outlets that I support, even radio. And at the end of January, I'm launching my own network that will knock Netflix out of the box. Because it's going to do the right thing by promoting the real deal as far as what we have done and what we're about to do. Well, from 7 o'clock in the morning to now, we're heading back. It was an incredible experience with Mr. Wayne Deverish from the 500 Men. He's got a mission. He's got his plan. How was it, Wayne? Pretty good? It went pretty well. Mm-hmm. Decided to be up. Best and most publicized. This may be the one, right? <laughs> I was fortunate to meet Reverend Al Sharpton for those who may not agree with any of the policies, but if you're fighting for poverty and human rights, I guess he's the guy. I had a great time. It was church, so we couldn't really run in and run out. We had to wait. So what do you see? Do you think they're going to get a nice boost up, sir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do our thing. We have 13 years of experience, so I mean, mm-hmm. I think this is good for us to pull all the resources together, folks like yourself, and, and, get, and have a real nice project. So, Wayne, what will it take for any non-for-profit or anybody to get these services? Do you have to have some type of Historic. I know you try to do things for people that are helping others. Is that is, am I wrong? I'm not sure. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It has to be public space. It has to be, you know, something that uh, people have people have access to. Is basically the main criteria. Mm-hmm. 
Although we did do one private space, the Paul Robeson Theater. Oh, oh. Yeah, but that was, you know, that was just that one. So this is a re-picking up from early this morning. Me and Mr. Devilish was heading into Harlem to look at a space to assist them with. So if you are a non-for-profit, this is the Martin Luther King's week, and that they do this work for, you know, people that... Um, Qualified. So, can somebody like if they? How do you how do you find these people? Do they just you pick them or you, somebody said, hey, by the way, you, you can you, can your organization take a look at some needs that these people have? Yeah, yeah, we definitely um, listen to suggestions, but we mainly uh, cherry pick. Um, you, know, you want to be successful, that's why. You, yeah, 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 yeah. We can. And did I hear you right that you're gonna put up? 85% or whatever it costs, or hopefully that the people can supply the material at least, right? No, I mean, to be honest with most of our projects, we've done 100%. There's very few projects where folks pitch in materials and, 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 and 100%. We've never done a project where the folks actually brought manpower, which, which bothers What do you mean by the folks, the people that, that you, we're going to help? And they won't pick up a, a hammer or nothing. nothing. Is it because they see you doing it and we coming in, you know? I don't, I don't know. To me, it seems bizarre. If someone's coming to help me, I'm going to I'm going to make sure the lunch is on it, right. you know, whatever yeah, you can get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that guy that you sat with, I don't know, you know, I'm, you know, we all, you know, by our nature, we interject. I don't, I mean, he looked at, you, he had 10 eyes looking at him, <laughs> Do you think he, he was kind of like surprised to hear this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 I got a good vibe from him. Mm -hmm. I'm really thinking he's going to plug us in. And, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be great. It'll be we'll great. take care of him. I think they deserve it, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Really when they, they really deserve to come in. He's been out, he's been out of here in the streets for decades. And then you know what's sad? Because some people can shy away from that movement. They think he's like a. Somebody said one time a poverty pimp, you know, like like making money off of the people. But I've witnessed. I witnessed today. They're in this. Excuse me. Excuse me. We had lunch. They're in there strategizing. The how to keep you in affordable housing. Strategizing on a national level for reparations to make your voice heard and for whatever people may see. I think, you know, the voice of a of somebody that came. He started at 13 years old too. I heard a little bit. Very professional today. They try their best. They, you know, they get the word out. And um, you know, no matter whether you agree or disagree, if there's a black organization, African American organization, whatever the way they want to be described, and you can go and lend a hand. Whether it be an hour, two hours, um, it's something to behold. You know, they will appreciate it. And you're already thinking, huh? <laughs> you're already thinking. So, what was the one of the few you been? You did a lot of them every year for 13 years. You're doing what? One? Is it one a year per? Well, Martin Luther King. I mean, we do we do service projects all throughout the year, but uh -huh. the, the biggest one that we do is, is the Martin Luther King. Right. That, that means a lot more, I think, as far as the impact you can make 
Because I remember the first time we did the church, you know, uh, right, right. Tillis Church. Wash, yeah. Yeah. Wash, yeah. yeah. And y'all had a boom. Listen, listen, right. guys, right? Remember? You had that machine out there, a working yeah. machine. So they could, they could bring it. And you know what? A good organization, after they do the service and you pitch them in and you, and you know, everybody's working together to make things happen for one another and nothing is cheap. You know, yes, they use their grant money. Yes, they do it. But the day in and the day out and the time that Mr. Devers put in, you don't get that back. You know, you know, you know, his wife has been really, you know, you're lucky you got a good woman. Like, I mean, allow you to do that. And, um, so the, so the, so, so this seems like a nice thing. Yeah, we could definitely help them out, you know. And even some of the people that have on it that they make the mistake on the lettering and they want to toss them away, we can always paint over it if it's new. And, but we definitely got to look for the underneath one. That's a fact. I'm going to be looking around and see if I can get somebody to donate that and things like that. And it is a church, right? The House of Prayer. Is that considered a church or not? You know? Well, he calls it the House of Justice. So, but as you can see, they get it on with the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it sounds. It definitely seems like church, church on Saturday. The female pastor was pretty good. She's yeah, got her service yeah. tomorrow at Restoration. I'm going to stop in real quick to see oh, her. She's at Restoration. Yeah, upstairs on the fifth floor. Okay, she's in the Skyline Gallery. Um, I guess she started, she said she just started her and her husband. She's from Dallas, too. We got a lot of people coming to New York from these states, man. Now, you guys don't do no Christmas celebration. I know you were taking care of Von King Park, and you guys still... Have that underway, the amphitheater and all that? You still affiliated? Or? Yeah, yeah, we just had our biggest uh, tree lighting. Uh, uh-huh. I remember that coming there one day. It was cold as hell one year I came with my son over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. You know, we you... you like 20 bikes. Uh, really? Over 200 toys. Really? And the people know to come. Yeah, yeah. You know why you're, you're good? And the same thing with what we do. We're, we're, we're both mavericks. You know that. Right. Consistency. You started out with the Christmas day, the lighting. The tree must be much bigger. That's still nice size. Twenty-five foot. Yeah. Okay, but you know it was big enough to fall on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gave out. This is your largest giving out of bikes this year, I would imagine, no? No, no, it's no. Really you, typical twenty bikes. Twenty bikes. Twenty bikes. And that all comes from um, your membership dues and all yeah. that stuff like members, that. Members, 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 members drive. Members bring Oh, they may donate a bike and then. Yeah, donate a bike, donate toys, network, you know. How do you see your success? You know, is there anybody that you, you know, you know, when you, when you like you said earlier, when you're ready to, you're going to have it in a position where it's a well-oiled machine. All you got to do is just put the oil in every so often, right? Nothing much. And then you did some 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 projects out of the country, and I know you guys back then were talking about going to Africa at one point, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's back in the burner. It's on the burner out here. Mhm. <laughs> so you want to go to Ghana? Yeah, yeah, that's where we went. Um, the first time. So, yeah. I just met yeah. some organization. I was at the uh, Rockville Center, and it's called Just Love, and they they had a pop up there. And the pop-up was all the countries, the, the refugees countries, Africa, all around the world that need assistance. One country, they need just plastic water bottles to go collect water. So they were raising money just for that purpose, because that was the most need. 
Then the other one had another type of need, so on and so forth. So they just specifically raise money for those particular countries, for those particular, by Spaghetto Nets and other little small things. Have you gotten any um, traction with athletes and people of, you know, stature, you know, to make contributions? Do they know about the organization? Have you? No, but uh, I'm really hoping with this thing. With this national acting, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll Yeah, this will be good. That'll be good. You deserve it, man, yeah. And, and um, you know, maybe we can latch on to a few wealthy folks that be like, hey, those guys are not so bad. I think right, 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 right. And once you get that one good fundraise, you know, that one, you need to, you need to, you need to get ahead of yourself. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you need to, you don't need, you need, if you got a hundred grand directly to the, to the 500 men, you can probably turn that into 500,000 dollars. That's what that's what a lot of folks struggle with. Let me ask you something. Do you find it difficult partnering up with some other groups and and people? Because you 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 stay yourself. You stay you 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 keep it close chest to you know you know the the board members that've been there. But how has it been teaming up with others? You know, do they come with the same zest and thrill to want to make it work out, work right? Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, keeping in mind, I mean, the stuff that we do is not what's normally done. Right, we're, right. We're rolling up our sleeves, like you know, folks will. Tradesmen are coming and doing trades work and good quality work. Yeah, and um, you know, partnering with groups, you know, asking folks to work for free. You know, that's, that's a special that's kind a of person. Tough. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Kind of then every time they come to me, they're like, Mr. Tweeney, we don't. I said, listen, I have never. I prefer them not to even mention money to me. Let's get it done first. And if there's a reward or something, or you want to show some gratitude to make a contribution or whatever the case may be, that's fair and dandy. But for the most part, there's no, you're not paying anybody to come and work. Cass says, I'm sorry, I always never turn off my um, do not disturb because I'm not a professional podcaster as of yet. I don't have an engineer and we go through this. And let me let her know. But I'm really happy to know that uh, I'm glad you brought me to Yeah, so she's, my sister does a lot in Staten Island. You know, the great George Theater, they're bringing that back. But I went to a couple of those events out there. Those people come. That lady, they raise, their golf founding raised over $100,000. Urban Health Plan. You need a really good, like, golf outing. Like, I'm talking about Marine Park. Get out of the way. All proceeds go back to the nine five on your men. At that golf outing, when somebody won, the um, 40 40 or 20 20, whatever it is, 20, it was 1200. They never took the money. Every prize, everything that was won, no good. Then they had an auction guy auction off these incredible vacations, and somebody would bring the vacation, they throw it back in the pot. I'm like, yo, it must be doing really well. So that's, that's what you guys need. At least a good, good outing or something that can bring you in that money that can loosen up and take some pressure off you a little bit. This is the Facts of the Porcupine Podcast. I'm with a guy that, Mr. Deverish, that definitely knows how to run an organization. And um, it's been beautiful. So you got 1,200 members. When we, when I first met you, you had 150. 
something like that. You can't fall, man. We're heading back to Brooklyn. And like I said, you got Instagram for your organization, man? Yeah. What's your Instagram feed? He don't really know, but we'll get it. But it's 500 men making a difference out of Bedford Stuyvesant in Brooklyn, New York. Wayne Deverich, we're heading back. The city is growing, and we got to make sure that it grows with everyone, and especially the people that fought, built, and uh, worked hard to make it happen. We're heading over to Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, do your thing. I'm going to hang it up. Well, this is the fi- this is uh, the facts of the Pokemon Podcast. We'll catch up with you guys later.